0: Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It is so good to be back. Amen. Vacation is good. Home is better. Amen. My wife and three girls have been in Florida for three weeks, and um, they were hoping to be back sooner, but my my in-laws are celebrating their first year anniversary of their new church, and so they asked Megan to lead worship today, and so they held her over. And uh, I told someone earlier I am I'm tired of my cooking and I'm out of clean socks, so we have got to get them back as soon as possible. They are driving back tomorrow, and I cannot wait. Amen. But I have heard some unbelievable reports of the preaching that took place. Amen. I am sorry that I missed out on it. Some of the preachers are in here, and uh, it, what a what a wonderful thing to know that that God is ministering. Uh, through so many wonderful people, and uh, I myself thank Pastor for the opportunity to to speak to you on occasion. If you'll stand with me this morning, if you'll turn your Bibles to Hebrews the 12th chapter, we're so glad to see everyone here. If you're a first-time guest, we welcome you to the Vintage Service, and uh, we certainly encourage you to to stay for the second service. Uh, we need to be a part of the entire body. Amen? And so we come here this morning to receive Uh, from the Lord, and and, and I believe that God also has a word for us in the second service. We have tremendous worship there as well, and so we we invite you to stay after this service for the 10.30. We start at 10.30 now, right? Okay, got to get the brain working from vacation, so uh, I'll be be 40 in 38 days, so things are slowing down, (laughs) so praise God. That clock back there is an absolute waste of time because these eyes don't see that anymore, so I took my watch off. Which in most cases, when a preacher takes off their watch, it means absolutely nothing. Amen. So hopefully I will stay within my bounds. Hebrews the twelfth chapter, therefore let us also, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, lay aside every weight in the sin which so doth easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy was set before him, endured the cross, despising shame, and hath sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that hath endured such uh, gainsaying of the sinners against himself, that ye wax not weary, fainting in your soul. And if you will allow me this morning, just for a couple of minutes, uh, I, I, I've been told that brevity is sometimes the uh, the author of greatness, and so I will I will try to endure. But I want to talk to you just for a couple of moments on the topic, On the Verge. Somebody say, On the Verge. Put down your Bibles, lift up your hands. Jesus, I thank you, God, for every person who is here this morning to receive your word. God, I ask you to use me, heal me, Jesus, I pray. Let us hear your word, let us be doers of that word. In Jesus' name, someone said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated you can only be on the verge of two things. You can be on the verge of greatness, or you can be on the verge of losing it all. I I don't hear much about people saying I'm on the verge of mediocrity. I meet people on a daily basis that are stuck in mediocrity. I was talking with someone in my office the other day, and I said, you know, it's amazing. Uh, He he had a hostess uh, pie on his desk there, and and uh, I've been on a kind of a health thing, and so whenever I see the stuff that I used to eat, my curiosity flips it over to see what I was doing to myself before. Can I, can I be for real? Are we allowed to be honest in here? So I flip it over in this, this apple pie from Hostess that I, I ate in twos before, because you just can't eat one, right? So 420 calories and, and 40 grams of sugar per pie. And I'm allowed to have less than 2,000 calories a day. And I'm allowed to have 43 grams of sugar. So I realized that I was doubling my sugar just with my snack. And so I, I got to thinking about it. I, I, my grandpa used to eat these things all the time. And he was just ripped and, and lean and cut. And uh, it, it dawned on me is that, that we, we now live in a society that just sits behind a computer. Our, our, our strongest muscle is this one because it just does this all day with a mouse. And we try to find a way to do things the simple way. And so uh, it's easy to get into mediocrity if this is all you do because I remember Grandpa kept those in the glove box, those pies in the glove box of his work truck. And what he did during the day was he worked and he burned calories. And so for a quick replacement of calories, Grandpa got to eat a hostess pie. The verge of greatness... Or the verge of losing it all. Many of us are enjoying the Olympic game, uh, games. I woke up uh, yesterday morning and turned on the TV to watch uh, just the, the last couple laps of uh, Michael Phelps in the trial. And uh, they they talked about how uh, he was. They, they thought he was just put. He had put a governor on to save his energy for the for the, the medal race that night. And and uh, he barely won the race. He barely won. And they said, well, he must have just shut it down early. That's what they call it. I'm not a swimming follower kind of guy, but they said he shut it down uh, just to get to the finish line. And, and the next race came along, and, and, and there were some very excited and motivated swimmers. There were people in that race that were on the verge of greatness, and they were going to seize the opportunity. Second race takes place, and uh, Michael Phelps goes from fourth all the way down to eighth, and he made it into the race by just... The slimmest of margins, and, and, and there's so much riding on this Olympics because he could become the Olympian that has the most medals of all time, and and there's an undue pressure. But I, when I when I watched this take place yesterday morning, my mind went back to an interview that I saw him give on ESPN a couple of weeks ago, and and uh, and my mind immediately went to a man who uh, was on the verge of losing it all. He could not smile. He was. He would not give answers. They would say, what are your goals? And he says, well, I I know what my goals are, but they're in my head. And what he was basically saying was, I'm afraid that I'm on the verge of losing everything because I don't want to tell you what my goals are because me, myself, I'm afraid I cannot reach them. He sidestepped so many questions, and, and last night those questions were answered when he came in a uh, very distant fourth place in the medal round, losing that race, not even making the stand. And I saw a man whose goals had been set so short because of his lack of preparation that he was on the verge of losing it all. With songwriters Will Jennings and Michael Masser uh, wrote the song, didn't we almost have it all? They didn't realize that the person that would be behind the voice singing that song would be prophesying into her own fate. Whitney Houston once had it all. She had ministry. She had a choir. She had the opportunity to lead so many with her God-given talent. And she spent most of her life on the verge of losing it all. And so she sang that song and the words says, didn't we almost have it all? That means that I was trying to achieve something. I was trying to, to attain something, but I've already made up in my mind that I cannot get it, and therefore, I'm going to profess in my life I was so close, but yet so far. She never achieved her victory and chased her shadow most of her life. She never uh, reached that goal that God had, had, had put in her life so early as a young girl. And she chased this fleeting dream. How fleeting it is, the shadow of something that we once uh, want to be real, but it's just a reflection of our own will, searching and craving for our victory. Therein lies the difference. If you think about where uh, Michael Phelps was four years ago, he was on the verge of greatness taking down eight medals and becoming one of the greatest athletes of all time. You see, he wasn't just uh, the, the best at the Olympics because the Olympics declare who is the greatest in the world. And then we have another who chose at a very young age to, to broadcast, didn't we almost have it all? And as her life began to deteriorate, many people said, didn't she almost have it all? Our text this morning offers us, offers us some guidelines Uh, For those that are on the verge of greatness and need that extra push to make it happen. Is there anybody here that you're striving, you're reaching, you're running the race, but you just need something to motivate you, to push you across the finish line? As I was getting ready this morning, I was watching the Olympics and I was watching a bike race and, and it, they were so tired from the constant climb and, and you could see as they pushed to the finish line that they, everything they had worked for, for four years, all the time and dedication and training was coming down to how hard will I push to the very last line. The verse 1 tells us, therefore let us also see that we are Compassed about so great a cloud of witnesses, lay aside every weight, and the sin doth so easily beset us. And let us run the patience of the race that is set before us. Listen, your weights weaken your faith. See, weights aren't necessarily what we would call normal sin, but it's, it's the things that would uh, distract you or, or keeping you from being focused on your goal. It's, it, it, it's like a person who is driving to that, that pool to begin to practice for those Olympics, and, and all of a sudden they, 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 they see a public pool. And they say, well, I can go to the aquatic center and train, and sweat, and push myself to the edge, or I could just go to this pool over here, and, and I see a nice little bouncy diving board, and is that a slide? Is that a lazy river over there I see? I, I, I'm just coming off vacation. Plenty of lazy rivers for this guy. Praise God. Or do I keep going because I have a goal? I'm on the verge of greatness, and I don't want to see myself get sidetracked. Listen to me. Your faith is is the fuel that propels you to your promise. Let me say that again. Your faith is the fuel that propels you to your promise you have to have faith to believe that what god has put in you what god has directed you to do is 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 the ultimate calling of your life and and god allows so many other things into our lives to uh to bless us and and to give us the quality of life but when we lose sight of the ultimate goal when we lose sight of the finish line the greatness begins to fade and we begin to see everything we seem to see it all start slipping away your faith is also the energy that ke- that gets you to your destiny. It's the energy that will propel you to your destiny. That's why when, when you begin to run low on faith, when you begin to run low on the hope that where you're supposed to be going is fading away, you go back to that mustard seed of faith, and you say, it's just enough to keep me going. It's just enough to keep me walking, putting one foot in front of the other, because I ultimately have a goal. Can I be transparent? When I was young, I was 23 years old, and the Lord moved me to uh, Maryland from Indiana, and uh, I really didn't have any skill sets. I was pretty good with uh, pouring concrete and, uh, and getting in trouble. Those are probably about the two things I was really good at. Uh, I had degrees in both. So I moved to Maryland with really no strong lifetime uh, skill set, no way to provide for a family, so I wasn't looking for a wife. But the Lord had different plans. Amen. So I moved to Maryland, and uh, while I was there, uh, I met Megan, and and, uh, the Lord introduced me to the IT industry in a very simple way. I was driving uh, computer parts around the Beltway of Washington, D.C., and I slowly began to To Take on the knowledge of that industry and before long I was uh, at the height of a career that was making a lot of money and working with large federal contract accounts and so I had I had grown up in a missionary household with with very little and I'm not going to dwell there but we just we just had enough just had enough. And so I told the Lord, I said, you know, you've blessed me with this, with this knowledge. You've put this knowledge in my head. And what, I mean, three years ago, I was scared of a calculator. And now you've got me configuring servers and all these different things. I said, I-, I want some of the things I didn't have when I was a kid. And I want you to bless me more than I've ever been blessed before. And before long, I had plenty of money in the bank. And, and, and uh, my wife and I built a home to our spec And In fact, when we went to the bank to sign the papers, I may have mentioned this before, they had never seen someone as young as her signing a a deed for a house as big as that was. And and they saw her roll into the bank in a very large uh, SUV that she wanted. And my Corvette was on order, and and the Lord had, had kept his promise to me. I said lord i i'm just asking for some of these things but as i laid in my bed in this new house the lord said i i'm I'm only given to you giving you these things on loan because ultimately this is not where i need you to be but you know what you've been faithful in all areas and you're and you're 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 being obedient in in all places and you've surrendered yourself to me so i'm going to give you these things And, and and so i had all these things and and i was so happy i felt so complete and and, uh, you know, we hear, we hear the news that Megan is pregnant with Mackenzie, and so now we have a newborn baby in a very large house, and, and I'm barely 26, and Megan is b- barely 21. Wow, that was crazy. Barely 21, and, and, and here we are. We've arrived. My greatness had finally arrived, and uh, the career continued to go well, and I was working for a company, and some of you may remember the dot-com crash. Anybody remember that? So what happened was somebody said in a very big form, you know what, it may not be safe to use your credit card on the Internet. And so what happened is a lot of places that had storefronts online began to shut down. Venture Capital was shut down. And before long, I saw myself moving from layoff to layoff to layoff. I'm giving it to you for a short period of time, he said. And so what happens is I see myself beginning to see my world fall apart i see i I, i've had a car repossessed can we be honest in here i just need has anything changed since i left i've had a car repossessed and through it all we find out that that during this layoff that we are now going to be blessed with even a second child praise the lord no health insurance pregnant wife house on the verge of foreclosure car's already been drug out of the driveway Child is born with complications, no insurance. How quickly those bills, built, <laughs> those bills pile up. And so here I am, repossession, on the verge of financial collapse. I sold my house about a week before it went into foreclosure. Thank you, Jesus. But we cannot escape it, so let me be very frank with you. I have spent my day in bankruptcy court new house, sports cars, everything I wanted. But what happened was, is that I had changed what in my mind was considered great. And God said, I have something bigger for you to do. And so what I've got to do is I got to pull that proverbial rug out from underneath you. It's amazing how God cannot influence your will, but he can mess with everything else around it. At the end of the day, if you can mess around with everything around the wheel, eventually the wheel just collapses. I have a, I have a buddy whose wife nags him nonstop, and, and, and he says, you know, she can't affect my job, she can't affect what I'm doing in the car, but man, she affects everything else around me. And he says, so it, it ultimately affects everything on my job and everything that's in my car while I'm driving around. And so I, I, here I am, finding myself at the complete opposite end of, on the verge of greatness, and now I'm on the verge of losing it all. But God pulled me out of that situation, and three months later, I found myself living in a 600-square-foot apartment in Germany, pastoring a wonderful church, hardly making any money, just barely scraping by. If the missionary hadn't given me 50 bucks at the airport, we would not have eaten at McDonald's that morning. We had nothing. But I was so happy because I realized I'm on the verge of greatness again. Now I'm back doing what I'm supposed to be doing. The Bible says in Hebrews, the 11th chapter, now faith is, is assurance of things hoped for and a conviction of things not seen. By faith we understand. Somebody say, by faith we understand. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. By faith Enoch, uh, Enoch was translated that he should not be, see death. By faith Noah prepared an ark. By faith, Abraham obeyed. By faith, he became a sojourner in the land of promise, a stranger in the place of promise. How many have ever been a stranger in a place that you thought was a place of promise? Everything around you was so plush and perfect, but for some reason, you just didn't fit in. Mm, It's called the Holy Ghost. Somebody say amen. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive. By faith, Abraham being uh, uh, tried, offered up Isaac. And by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. And by faith, Jacob blessed each of the sons of Joseph. And by faith, Joseph uh, gave commandment concerning his bones. Hey, here's what you're going to do when I die, he said. By faith, Moses was hid three months by his parents. And by faith, Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And by faith... He forsook Egypt, and by faith He kept the Passover, and by faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry ground, and by faith the walls of Jericho fell down, and by faith Rahab the harlot perished not. All these things are because of this thing called faith. I don't know if I'm where I'm supposed to be, but I know I'm pointing in the right direction. I just got to have a little bit more faith to push me across the line. Somebody say, by faith. In the second verse... Of Hebrews 12, looking unto Jesus, the author and the, per- and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set up, uh, before Him endured the cross, despising shame, and hath sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. How they know that God, uh, Jesus, is the author, or He is the originator and the finisher. He is the perfection of your faith. Somebody say amen. He ran the race with joy. He he suffered many things during His walk on this earth, but it was all in joy. It was all for a purpose. There was a greatness that He was trying to push into the earth. There was a a veil that He was trying to tear. He was trying to put joy, hope, and promise back into people's lives. You ought to have joy on your journey to victory. Why? You read in Romans 5 and 3, and not uh, only so, but that we also rejoice in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation worketh steadfastness, and steadfastness, uh, steadfastness, approvedness, and approvedness, hope. And hope putteth not to shame, because the love of God hath been shed abroad in our hearts. Through the holy spirit which was given unto us somebody say amen so you have to be focused on winning you got to be focused on the goal line you can't get, you you almost have to translate yourself to the finish line and then you have to make your reality come to where you are i'm already here in the spirit i know my life and my situations back here but if i'm here you've got to do the right things to get to this point because i'm already believing for greatness hallelujah The third verse talks about finishing, but finish well. For consider him that hath endured such uh, gainsaying of the sinner against him that ye wax not weary, fainting in your soul. It's easy to finish. It's easy to finish, but you have to finish well. As I watched Michael Phelps touch that wall and then just a few minutes later they realized that had he just just let up just a little bit more he would have been sitting on the sideline of a race that he was supposed to win. It's easy to finish. Everyone can finish if they're given enough time. But, but we, have, we have got to accelerate our faith. We have to accelerate our dream and our promise and our purpose and our destiny because of the times that we live in. There's not much time left. Somebody say amen. You don't have to spend much time in the newspaper to realize that, that the, the the secular movement that's coming against the church to water down the message and we don't want to talk about hell anymore and we don't want to talk about sin anymore. We want to be all inclusive and we want to water it down so everybody just gets along but the scripture tells us that we have to be set apart we got to be a peculiar people somebody say amen but jesus expects us to win just as he did he doesn't expect us just to finish he expects us to be the winners of our dreams the winners of our hope and the winners of our faith consider think about what he went through when you think about what jesus uh, went through when he walked on this earth he 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 endured so much pain and rejection and, and and misunderstanding and this was the entirety of his life and i can only imagine as he finally slipped into his sleep on that cross that there was some kind of relaxation that came over that battered and bruised body what a what a, what a sacrifice that body made to to have to enclose and encapsulate uh the the, the being of god and to take on the stress and the pain of those things. That body was released. It it went through so much. So consider those things. And consider what you go through today. Because Jesus made it, you can make it. Why? Because you are more than a conqueror, the Bible tells us. The Bible says that He is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you can ask or think. He has the answer. He is the answer today. If you are striving for greatness but on the verge of losing everything, I'm here to tell you that Jesus is able to save you from your sin he's able to save you from a situation that seems greater than you. He died on a cross so that he could ver- he could merge that gap that separated man from its maker. He did that for each one of me and you. Why? Because he loves us. The most overdue book in the history of the library services was a copy of Uh, febrile diseases it was checked out of the university of cincinnati medical library in 1823 by mr. m dodd and returned on december 7th 1968 by his great grandson it had accrued a fine estimated at two thousand six hundred and forty six dollars i'm here to tell you this morning that you're overdue for your victory and jesus paid the price The price is great that He he offered. He he offered His entire life. He he put everything on the line. and That's because your victory and your hope and your promise, your destiny, destiny it's overdue. Today is the day that you need to realize that all this other junk that you're going through, all this other stuff that seems to be detouring you from where God wants you to be, I'm here to tell you today that your dream has never changed. Your promise has never changed. Jesus has never changed. He's the same yesterday. today today and forever I'm here to try to encourage somebody to let you know that your victory is still sound and it's overdue all you've got to do is reach out and claim it in Jesus name perhaps there's someone here this morning that thinks that they're on the verge of losing it all but I have news for you in order to lose it all you must have had it all you can't lose all Unless you've had all. The devil's in the details. Trying to tell us what you have has no value. God doesn't care enough about you that He would protect these things. And and so we think we're on the verge of losing it all. You cannot lose what you don't have. Which simply means you are standing here and you are sitting here this morning with everything you need. And you have been brought to this place for this time for this message. You've been discouraged. You've been heartbroken. People have lied to you. People have let you down. People have tried to steal your dreams. But I'm here to tell you that your victory, your purpose, and your destiny are sound in the name of Jesus. You're not going to lose everything because the Bible says uh, with men it is, this is impossible. But with God all things are possible. Behold, I make all things new. For Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. According as His divine power hath given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. And then the Bible tells us in Hebrews the third chapter, For every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is God." Hallelujah. I can, I can make all, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. He's the all-knowing God. He's the all-powerful God. He is the almighty God. I'm here to tell somebody this morning, if you're on the verge of losing it all, I'm here to tell you all it's gonna take is a small prayer. It's just gonna take a mustard seed of faith. And all of a sudden you're gonna be on the verge of greatness. That's how quickly God can turn a situation on a dime. But you got to submit yourself to Him. you got to submit yourself to baptism. You have to submit yourself to the Holy Ghost. Submit your life, your hopes, and your dreams to the Word of God. And God will bring you out of that situation if you believe that. Clap your hands this morning. Stand with me in Jesus' name. I don't know who this is for. I know that I was blessed well, God began to share because the, the word I kept hearing for two weeks was all things. All things. How can I lose it all if, I, if He's given me all? If it's of God, how could I lose something that He gave me? And I realized that so many people sitting on beaches and sitting in, in restaurants that we went to, I, people were all on vacation and you just saw people on their cell phones you saw people returning emails here they were they had just a certain period of time to to try to let their mind relax but for some reason the world back home was was pulling them in and sucking them in and and they couldn't even relax because uh, their, their their dream could not be achieved if they took any time off and and what a what a heart- heartbreaking situation for someone to spend their whole life to try to achieve and reach a goal that was was just nothing more than a mirage because when they got to the end they realized they were alone they were by themselves the, the way they had cooked it up in their mind when they left college. It just it didn't turn out that way. There were three marriages uh, into life, and and children, and and grandchildren, and and there was all this turmoil because the focus was to get to my goal. I've got to achieve my greatness but God has something else for them. And I wonder if there's somebody within the sound of my voice today that you're trying to achieve a mirage. You've, you've created in your own mind what greatness is, and God's trying to tell you, I need you to find a place of prayer. I need to start to brainwash a little bit. I need to kind of scrub out some of the things you put in there in a permanent place, that I need to start implanting the Word. I've got to start implanting a new hope and a dream because uh, the, the temporal is fleeting, but the eternal is forever. So I wonder this morning, I know it's unusual because it's quiet. Tradition says we have a piano or music, but we don't. But I wonder if there's a few individuals that you can identify. I've tried to be as transparent as I, I, I can. You filed bankruptcy? Well, how can we trust you? Hey, I'm just broke. I'm broken. I'm broken. I don't have anything to hide. If you know anything about me, I have nothing to hide. I've, I've had I've, I've had the drag marks of the SUV out of the, drive, the gravel driveway. They came and got it in the middle of the night. Bless God, I had already cleaned it out, gassed it up, filled it, you know, changed the oil in it, gave it a good wax job. Because I figured if they were going to steal it from me, it was going to be ready for sale when they got it. Praise God. I didn't want to lose it. I ended up driving after that when I filed bankruptcy the the bank drove out to see if they wanted to repossess it and it was an old beat up Dodge conversion van, burgundy and I had so much duct tape on the bottom of it covering up rust that it looked like it was a two tone paint job got compliments, I like that paint job, it's not paint it's duct tape bank came out to look at it and they said, does it start? I said, sometimes and they got back in their car here I was Brand new house, brand new cars. And now I'm standing in the driveway talking to a a representative from the bankruptcy court to try to take my broken down car. (laughs) And I didn't even realize it, that I was on the verge of greatness. My mind, I was losing it all. But God protected because my all and His all are two different things. And so I wonder... In just the last couple of minutes, I, we, we're almost out of time. I wonder if there's somebody who would be willing to come down here and just be honest. Just be honest. It doesn't mean you're a bad person, but I wonder if you, maybe you're just standing where you are, you would slip your hands up, every eye closed, you would just slip your hand up and say, Lord, I feel like I'm on the verge of losing it all. I feel like I'm on the verge of losing my sanity. I don't understand that person. I don't understand that situation. I feel like I'm losing my mind because I can't influence this situation. But God, I stand here this morning realizing now who you are and that your promise for me has never changed. Your promise for me has never changed. Great is thy faithfulness, O oh God. So great is Thy faithfulness, Jesus, that while my plans and my situation and my, my way of doing things has detoured me from You, great is Thy faithfulness. Lord, even though I've decided to, to bring other things into my life to try to replace what You've asked me to do, great is Thy faithfulness. Lord, I want to dedicate myself one more time to You, Jesus. Lord, whatever I can do, whatever weight that I can set aside, so that I can run this race even more fleetly. I ask You, Jesus, to do whatever You have to do to inject Yourself into My will. I submit My will to You. And so therefore, You control everything around Me and You control Me. And so God, I surrender myself to You this morning, believing and trusting You. Lord, I thank You for every person that's in this place today that's come into this, in this house and received Your Word. God, I ask that You've taken the last few minutes to to plant a seed of hope, a seed of promise in somebody's heart to realize that even though our mind plays tricks on us and tells us that we're on the verge of losing everything, but actually we're on the verge of greatness because your destiny for us is great. Great is thy faithfulness in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Amen. Clap your hands to the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to encourage you. We have about 15 minutes. You can go down into the interface place and fellowship, but I'm asking every single person here this morning. I know there's other, I'm from Indianapolis. There's a race going on. I got to, I'm a, I'm a NASCAR fan. I, I could easily go out and just watch that. I know that the roast is on the, uh, in the crock pot and, and, and you got to get that. You got to get to the, the restaurants before uh, Lakewood lets out. Otherwise you don't get a good seat. I understand how it is, but I wonder if today, if you really want to strive for greatness, you want to you wanna find out what it takes to take, to take that next step to push you over the line, I want to encourage you, stay this morning, join us in the main uh, sanctuary at the other end of the building, there's a coffee bar, spend some time fellowshipping, and uh, let's spend a great time together in the current service. Can somebody say amen? amen. Clap your hands one more time to Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. If you are a part of the Emmaus community, raise your hand. If you've been through Emmaus, we need your help. This coming week, uh, we have uh, Emmaus taking place, and, and if you've been through Emmaus, you know exactly what all it entails, what it takes, and uh, it cannot be done with a team of ten. It takes a team. It takes an army. Amen. And so Thursday night, Friday and Saturday is Emmaus. Uh, you know the different things that take place where the, the gaps typically are. If you can stop by and, and help uh, fill the ice buckets or clean a toilet or whatever you can do to help, we want you to be a part of that. so if you're, if you're available uh, Friday or Friday evening uh, to, to come out and Saturday, please do so. We need your help. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.